2: We often think that successful business owners have it all figured out, when in reality, there is so much more to it. How do they do it?
1: So here we are, I'm just passionate about healthy eating and what it can do for people, whether it's clearer skin or whatever health concerns it may be. It was just a very organic process in terms of getting views online and people start to notice my recipes and share them. And I think you can get through quite a high level with passion.
2: Welcome listener to Beyond the Balance Sheet. I'm Ashley Boom and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we talk to loads of successful business owners to discuss the mistakes that they've made in their business, what they learned from those mistakes and how to avoid staying up all night, worrying about the ins and outs of the business. This week, we talked to Russell James, founder of Eat Like an Adult, The Raw Chef and Being Whole. We had an amazing chat about building a personal brand and how you balance that brand with your business strategy. Russell, welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet. We are so excited to have you. And when me and you first met quite a while ago now, you were just about to launch Eat Like an Adult. So I'm so excited to hear more about that and what's been happening since, and also just your journey as a whole. So to kick things off, I'd love to hear who you are, what do you do, why'd do you do it.
1: So my name is Russell James. I'm most well known, I guess, for my company, The Raw Chef, which Used to be me. I used to be the raw chef. I used to think of myself as the raw chef. But it's more of a company name now because I'm kind of expanding out beyond that, as you said, with Eat Like an Adult, which is more of a healthy food but without any restrictions, just a bit more common sense and a bit bit of fun. But I still love raw food and I've been teaching raw food for 15 years. It had a huge effect on my life. In 2004, I went to a Spa Samui, a detox place in, in Koh Samui, where I... Did a did a seven-day fast. And the reason I was there was because I don't know, seven or eight years from my from my late teens into my early twenties, I suffer with acne. You know, I worked for a fast food restaurant um, when I was in my teens, which a lot of people do. And I don't know, maybe it was that I was destined to get acne anyway, but but eating that greasy food every single day after Mm -hmm. college and being in that greasy environment and and let alone all of the preservatives and all the stuff I was eating, quality of the food you know, common sense would say that it actually, uh, it contributed. So yeah, I'd done all the topical skin creams and pharmaceutical drugs, Roaccutane, which is, uh, can have some nasty side effects and many courses of antibiotics without really knowing the full health implications of that. And uh, nothing actually worked as well as going on that seven day fast and, um, and clearing out. So I did that a few times in that year. And so here we are, I'm just passionate about healthy eating and what it can do for people, whether it's clearer skin or whatever health concerns it may be. You mentioned
2: your job at the fast food place and that kind of triggered the idea. So I really want to speak about that. So how did it all begin? You were working for this fast food place, your skin was bad and you just had this idea to become this chef to make recipes and to do that. Or did you have to do any training? Talk me through that kind of process.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question because I guess in two thousand five whenever when blogs first became a thing and they were you know short for weblogs and I had a friend in the raw food scene who had um, started a blog and she was just you know blogging about her experiences and there was a couple of other people doing that I was passionate about raw food and I just I just I hadn't had any previous chef training so it was just the fact that I got this great result and I love the food I got so excited by the food and all there really was out at the time was a few books And the style of food was very kind of homely, homemade, not very professional and, you know, still quite accessible in some of these. There were some good books around, but just a certain level. And then around the same time, a couple launched a raw food restaurant in New York. And it was the first kind of upscale one. And they released the first kind of upscale raw food book. And at the same time, I was putting out, this is what I ate today. It was almost like Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And Instagram. And then I realized, oh, actually, I can put, re- I can come up with recipes and I can put those out on my blog and I can take nice photos. So I started doing that around the same time. Yeah. The only thing I've ever done really well at school at was art and design. Um, but at that time, I was in retail. I was in a job that I just kind of meandered into and I was kind of middle management in retail. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't done any arty stuff for years. And so when I had this match of like the food getting a result for me and the artistic, you know, being able to take photos and be creative, um, it all just kind of came together. And then it was just a very organic process in terms of getting views online and people started to notice my recipes and share them. and, And before I knew it, I had, you know, a decent amount of traffic on my website and there was n- I didn't I don't even know of any other food blogs that that were around at the time. And of course now a food blog is you know you yep. search a recipe you're you're likely probably to get several food blogs in the top results, um, even over things like you know BBC cooking and and all of those bigger publications. So yeah, it just grew it grew very organically, and I think you can get through quite a high level with passion.
2: It's interesting because nowadays the term influencer is just so common. I mean anyone can set up an Instagram profile, post some good pictures, and the next thing you know, they're getting paid to post, essentially. But when you started, the concept of kind of personal brand and influencer wasn't a thing. So talk me through kind of building that personal brand and how different that is to kind of today's world. Yeah,
1: unbelievably, there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram. I don't know, in some ways, I think social media has made it much more difficult and, and has ruined us in a lot of ways. I mean, there's the humanistic addiction side of it and, and trying to be trying to make ourselves look like something we're not and that whole thing. So, you know, in some ways, it's great to have social media if you can use it in the right way, <laughs> use it in a, yeah. in a way that to, to, to amplify what you're doing. But for me, you, ju- you know, just in a practical sense, it really helped me to have really all I had to focus on was doing the recipes and putting them up on my blog. And the great thing about that is that it's an asset that can be searched for in Google, right? So when people, to this day, I mean, one of my original recipes, raw lasagna is just a classic raw food dish. And it's one of those dishes that people come into raw food from. It wasn't my idea to do a raw lasagna, I just did my take on it. And I did that, it was very early on. And to this day, that is my most successful post in terms of how much traffic it still brings in now and I've only updated it once and that was in the last six months so I think all of these things YouTube I use you know use YouTube Facebook um, Instagram they're all great but if you've got to that's got to be an amplification of what is your core is on your site essentially right so I put everything on my site and then all the social media is an amplification of that because it's all about having an email list, right? Having an email list that you own, that you can contact. And if your Instagram account gets taken away, it, yep. you know, it's, it's a bummer. But it's not the end of your business.
2: What I'd love to know is what is your business superpower? What is it that you do that nobody else does?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if nobody else does it, but I think the superpower that I have is to create something from nothing. and And it comes down to an idea called a talent stack. And the talent stack idea was created by Scott Adams, who draws Dilbert. He's a bit of a life strategist. And this idea of a talent stack in that you don't have to be number one in the world at one thing. Like if you're not the world's greatest basketball player or if you're not the world's greatest football player or poet or musician or whatever it might be. You don't have to be. If you combine other skills that you're really good at in combination, they can make you the world's best and most valuable at something that that maybe hasn't existed even before. Yeah. And certainly when I look at, you know, my my history of um, my talent stack, I think i got really interested in marketing and learned from some really good people and then also I've got, I'm kind of technically minded. So a lot of my blog stuff and website stuff I, I set up myself. And the talent that I put on top of that is the creativity. And then I've got a talent in terms of putting recipes together yep. and writing. And uh, I can shoot video. I can edit video. And yeah, there's a couple of other talents. And so all of that stacked up on top of each other means that... If I'm interested in something like raw food, I can take my life experience in that realm and create a business out of it with no with no funding. So um, yeah, the talent stack idea is is a really interesting one to me. I definitely check out Chuck Adams. It's got a book called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big, which talks about talent stacking and it also talks about systems rather than goals. So a goal being something like yeah. I want to... Half a million pound revenue per year business, and that's just a goal that every day you haven't got it, you feel like a failure, right? Yeah. But what's the system? The system for me is I'm going to put a recipe out one per week, I'm going to have a website to host those recipes, and I'm going to have an email list where people can sign up to. And so every week when I publish a recipe, I'm getting close to this goal, yeah, of creating a business of whatever size you want.
2: It's interesting that you talk about this talent stack concept because. I think every business owner that I speak to really do have kind of lots of things they're really great at. The word hybrid comes to mind. If you learn how to do what you've done, which is putting them all together, you could probably be super successful. But it's learning how those things can actually complement each other and what you can do to get them to complement each other that I think is the challenge. And that's something a lot of people are still trying to figure out and just don't know how to kind of do it. And, what is it that you would say is the thing that keeps you awake at night, kind of your biggest day-to-day worries and concerns?
1: Uh, in terms of business, what keeps me up? I think my my most clear and present thing that I'm thinking about at the moment, which is very topical, I guess, is working from home and, you know, trying to balance. I'm living in a, you know, one bedroom flat
0: with mm. my girlfriend
1: and our dog, who's only one, so he's pretty active. And, She's a yoga teacher, so she's not like out all day at work and trying to balance that.
2: What I'd like to know is kind of what's been your toughest challenge. I mean, you did mention briefly that actually your toughest challenge was potentially the move from the raw food to eat like an adult. But is there anything in particular that I guess is really stand out as something tough that you've had to go through that you could kind of? tell our listeners
1: about? Yeah, for sure, yeah. I, I don't come from a business background as such. You know, I, I mentioned that I, I was in middle management in, in retail and it was it was uh, food retail. I, I don't have like, a, I did business studies at school and did really bad at it. So my my lack of understanding of business, when I started to get some success with The Raw Chef, I mean, in terms of audience and turnover, and we became, you know, a business with a certain level of income, you know, I didn't understand a lot to do with money management and costs and keeping that going I didn't even think about it as consciously as saying this is going to go on forever I just didn't think about it so you know I moved into this big space this big live work space and started doing all this stuff and we released new products and then there's a downturn you know for whatever reason and I really had to tighten up and that that for a few years that really kind of stumped me but it was a great learning in being lean is a a very popular term now and being lean with your finances and doing things right and making sure you know I know you guys use profit first using the profit first system to have you know my expenses are in one account my wages are in another account I'm putting money away for taxes and just being very practical like that so that kind of rise up to a point where then you know if you're spending on that on that understanding that all that money is going to keep coming in and then it doesn't you really have to you have to you have to watch what you're doing and so even then the a couple of years after I started looking into that or even the year that I started looking up into that we we started to make more profit with less income and there's part of me that kicks myself and it's like oh man I could have done so much more I could have had so much more you know in reserves if I'd have just but that's that wasn't my path. My story, and it might not, it's not like an Elon Musk story, right, where you do all the right things and you're super intelligent and you, you change the world in so many ways. You know, it's just, it's just what I'm doing and I'm, and I'm, I'm facing, I'm just dealing with what's in front of me really and trying to follow the natural path of my own life. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
2: As you say, a lot of business owners, you're not, you know—you don't go to business school as such. You're not taught all this administrative stuff and cash flow management and all that kind of stuff. So I guess a lot of business owners do loads of amazing things. And then, as you say, it hits them that they don't have the capacity to facilitate it anymore or whatever it might be. And just stripping that back. And as you put it in your words, being more lean with it can have a massive
1: impact. Well, we're not taught it in a business sense. But we're not taught it in a life sense either. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and if your parents don't have good habits, <laughs> you know, it's going to be plenty of people listening to this who who understood money right from the start and yeah. then, then put money away and, and not overspending and stuff. There needs to be a system where I think at least in school, there needs to be some practical life stuff about how you deal with money
2: yeah. and
1: the things to watch out for.
2: Definitely. And I think I mean you mentioned Profit First, and I know that when I first learned about Profit First, I actually implemented it into my own personal finances. So I, I, I adapted it, but I, you know, put money away that was paying for the mortgage, but then money that was savings for a holiday, savings for wedding, whatever it might have been, in all different accounts, so that I knew what I had as kind of my profit each month, which was what I could spend on whatever I wanted, and the rest was for what I needed it for. What would you say are your kind of biggest successes? What's the thing that you're most proud of? Because you've done so much, Russell. I mean, you've done some incredible things, but was there one moment that you looked at and thought, oh my God, I am just absolutely chuffed with this.
1: Yeah. There was a couple of moments, actually. There's been days where I've seen sales coming in and I thought, man, I've got a real business here. You know, this was like 10 years in yeah. because, again, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a businessman and I'm going to go and dominate raw food markets. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this thing that I love and uh, I just want to be able to make a living from it. And so, can, so it can be my main thing. So I don't have to do anything else. And I remember having a goal on my, on my little office wall. I think it was £5,000 a month in, in turnover was my, was my goal.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: there's been months when I've way, way surpassed that. And and I think back to that, that five thousand pound sign, and it seems so unreal that I could ever earn five thousand pounds from teaching Rolf, That it's great to it's great to look kind of look back on that and think, oh yeah, because there's always like this want to do more and for it never to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I try and catch myself when that's happening. But there was also you know I remember teaching a friend of mine and I for a few months we had a, a space in the Lycée, a converted old. French school where we we were turning it kind of into a raw food academy space and I had a camera up on the ceiling to look down on my chopping board and a TV behind me and I remember being in there one one night and thinking oh man I can't believe this yeah and there's definitely been there's been talks where I've I've presented there was a presentation I did at Vegfest a few years ago in a room it was in the corner of the main hall. And we started, like, people just walk past and stop. And, and it grew to such a massive crowd for me yeah. <laughs> that um, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is insane. It wasn't actually until after that that I, that I thought that was a, a really big amount of people. Yeah.
2: I guess one thing that a lot of our listeners will be really wanting to know is how you manage to maintain a healthy work-life balance. I mean, I know at the moment you said you're in your kitchen, you know, it's, it's one bedroom flat. It's, it's a lot trickier, I think, when you're living and working in that one tiny space but how do you manage to maintain a healthy balance between your work life and your personal life or are they both completely ingrained in each other
1: they are I think it's more of a blend yeah and I don't know that in all aspects I have necessarily a healthy blend at all times because (laughs) I could quite easily you know work all day and into the evening and so you know I'd go and maybe go to the gym come back and just work until like 1 2 pm and that i'm not saying that's healthy you know i definitely want to get good sleep and i i, I can't function without like seven at least seven hours sleep i try to get eight hours sleep even nine if i'm if i'm really treating myself i'm very happy in my relationship and we've got a little dog and i'm like you know there's there's life to be had as well and, and this is something that you do it's so easy just to get um, lost in it and just consumed by it and and not give anything else in your life a, a look in and I guess that worked for me for a time, but so now, now yeah, the, the having a like I said having a, a studio um, is going to be a huge part of that because I'm just going to move everything work related into that studio. Yeah, and on a like the the house space when I come home in the evening or when I'm home in the mornings, it's it's just about family life.
2: I would love to know if you've got one piece of advice that you would offer either somebody starting a new business or somebody that's kind of, I guess, going through a pivot phase um, of their business at the moment if you have one piece of advice for them what would it be
1: yeah well I think it'd be slightly different pieces of advice so the first one if you're starting a new business I mean that for me it's around the finances and just make sure that you you can stay in the game when I left my retail slash driving instructing because I was doing the two, I wanted to leave those so badly and go and do the raw chef but I didn't have the income to do that from the raw chef and I was lying to myself by saying if I could just spend more time on the raw chef that's what would make more money and then I could leave. So I'm, I tried to leave prematurely. It caused me some issues. So I stayed in my jobs as painful as, as they were. I tried to make the best of it. I tried to do more driving than, than the retail stuff, which I really wasn't enjoying by that point. I had to kind yeah. of step down. My advice would be to stay in the game. Make sure that you can fund yourself. It, there's no shame in having a job. And, and of course that's obvious, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel like there is kind of shame for them in having a job right and and, yeah. they, and they kind of feel unemployable not even shame but they would just they just couldn't enjoy anything but you got just do what you got to do to stay in the game and don't build up any debt just build it organically and slowly and and uh, make sure you can stay in the game stay for the long haul and and that your profit there's this thing ramen profitability right the lean yeah. startup stay in that in that zone as much as you can and then the other thing for pivoting, and, and I have, I'm have i not an expert on this by any means because I'm currently still pivoting. You don't have to pivot immediately, right? It's not like, oh, I, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to go and do this other thing and, you know, I'm just going to burn my bridges and jump ship. And that's the way it's going to be successful. Like The only way you can be successful and get hold of the next vine, if you're swinging between the two vines, is to let go of the previous one. I'm like, yeah, OK, I get the metaphor, but is that... Like, it's a nice romantic idea, right? And it works for some people. I know people that work like that, but it doesn't work for everyone. So really make the best use of your current situation and your current assets, your current business, whether that's like keeping your current business going so it pays the bills or keeping your current business going, keep investing in it in time and, you know, resources because of the contacts that you have and the things that you learn. Keep that going and build the other thing on the side right have your new thing be the side gig. again not everyone's going to agree with that but that's that's the way that i found has been most realistic
2: and finally what's next for your business what's next for the royal chef what's next for it like an adult what's next for being whole what's what's next
1: well being whole we we haven't mentioned yet. So that's yeah. my other business. <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really chuffed with all the, the URLs that I got actually. The Raw rawchef.com, yeah. eatlikeanadult.com and Being whole.com are really good URLs. What's next for me? So with the Raw Chef is to, to continue with that, keep serving those people, keep finding solutions, you know, looking to just be consistent with my system there really, which is to put out free content and with our products, we, uh, our main products almost exclusively is our online courses. Yeah. We started doing some live streams, which we are going to continue to do some paid live streams. Yeah. Keep building our courses, updating and refreshing the courses. We've got a whole bunch of we've got like four or five hundred videos now in the academy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like screen share videos. I wish I could do that but that they're all like recipe videos and full production stuff. And then with eat like an adult really it's I'm just building the audience there now, so I'm just putting out free content. So I'm putting out a recipe a week and, and just interacting with people and finding out what, what kind of problems people have got and why they came to eat like an adult and and looking to build a first paid product there. And then being whole, being whole, I started as like, would be the umbrella company for the raw chef and eat like an adult and yeah being whole is just at the moment it's just currently a shop so you know a shop for the yeah. UK and European people to, to get healthy stuff supplements and whatnot so um really increasing the team and there's no way I'm going to be able to do that without increasing my team but the first step is to is to get into this new place and and build from there
2: exciting I mean there's so much going on and I can't wait to follow your journey and see how the business grows. Russell, thank you so much for coming on Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. It has been amazing chatting to you. And I know that our listeners are just going to be so inspired by your story. So thank you very, very much.
1: Love it. Thank you so much.
2: Wow. What an inspiring conversation. I think the best taking from that is that incredible business ideas really can come from anywhere. No matter what challenges you face, you should never be embarrassed of your mistakes. You should only learn from them. If you liked this episode, go have a listen to the rest of the series. We are Raffingers and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at Raffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website, www.raffingers.co.uk. I've been your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet.
0: Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.comslash Presson and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,